your spirit so that he can bring the word that we need to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad to see you guys. We are going to do things a little bit different today. Uh, I'm going to preach first, and then we're going to sing and worship after. I know you're thinking, that's so weird, and it's throwing your whole schedule off, and, but that's all right. I want you to hang with it because we wanted to finish our sermon series, uh, Worship, looking at what it means to worship and then end in what we are learning about, how to worship, and we worship in song, okay? And so, so that's the reason we're doing a little bit different. We do not have children's church today, so I know some of you are confused. You're like, when do the kids go? Because uh, I usually go, but we don't have children's church today. So that means um, if you have kids with your parents, I get it. Your kids, they get a little bit active, and they, here's all we ask, that if, if your kid gets a little bit active, just uh, walk right outside right there and, and let them grab you know a snack, and y'all listen to it right out there. Um, and they can sit at the counter and write out the sermon. That way you can still focus and you don't have to worry about, um, is my kid, you know, disturbing somebody around me? We want to make it as easy as possible for you to come as a family and worship, okay? It's as easy as possible for you to come and worship as a family. Um, all right, Psalm 40, 145 today. Psalm 145. Now, now I know you're going to have a tendency as people walk in the door uh, like that. Y'all don't turn around and look, okay? Because I know you're going to want to see what their face is like. What are they doing when they walk in? All right, so, so don't worry about that. Just, just look, stay focused right here. Psalm 145. This is a psalm written by David. And uh, we see a lot of these. This is a psalm that was... Uh, and, and a lot of times, you know how we add S on everything? This is just one psalm, okay? It is the book of Psalms because there's a lot of them, but uh, so it's Psalm 145. I just think that's funny. I'm, I'm becoming more aware of us putting S's on everything. Have y'all noticed that this week? Yeah? Nobody? We just do that anyway. So, and, and I come from a long line. My family, we, we mispronounce things all the time. <laughs> we add things, and it's, it's, yeah, it's so fun. And so, all right, so... Um, I was just thinking about, uh, is this service going online? It doesn't matter. All right, so like when we went to Disney World, my, my mom, she, it's Buzz Lightyear. It was Bud Lightyear. That's a total different character. And I was saying something about that, and, and my cousin said, well, my, my mom, that would be the sister, said she calls it Buzz Light. So there you go. There's the character Buzz Light and Bud Lightyear. All right, so that'd be a crazy cartoon, wouldn't it? All right, Psalm 145. Um, David wrote this, and he is taking the different parts, really, of the alphabet. There's one letter that's, that's left out in this psalm, but you see this several places in the, in the book of Psalms where they would take the alphabet and they would... Uh, start to talk about how great God is and go through the, the alphabet this way. And it was done, a lot of people think it was done a lot of different reasons, a lot of different ways. But here's probably what happened. Um, not everybody had a copy of the book uh, of Psalm. They didn't have the Old Testament. You know, they didn't have it in writing. And so as they would do this, they would, it made it easier for them to remember. As they tried to remember or memorize the scripture, it just made it easier for them to do that. They would just go through the alphabet. For us, we don't have that. In the original language, it would go with the alphabet. So with all that there, we're going to read this, 
And we know that David was a warrior. And, and man, I would, I would say if you want to come and learn more about David, uh, come to our Tuesday night Bible study. It's, it's, it's really good going through the book uh, or the life of David. Uh, David was the man. He was, he, he was a warrior. He wasn't scared. He didn't have uh, fear in the presence of danger. But he was also a flawed man. He had a little bit of a temper. He had a little bit of a problem with self-control. And we know this with, with Bathsheba and how you know he committed adultery with her and then killed her, uh, her husband. And so, so we know he was flawed, but at the same time, God used a flawed man to write about who he is and to, to write about how great he is. And really, it's a hymn to write a, a praise song. And we know David was a musician. You remember whenever Saul would have the, the, the evil spirit that would come on him, David would come in and play the harp. And so he was a warrior, but he was also a musician. Ladies, he was well-rounded. Yeah? He, he, he was, in fact, it says, uh, after one battle, it says, now, the, lie, the streets were lined with the ladies, with the women singing about how great David is. I mean, David at the time was, if you want to talk about a rock star, he was a rock star. But God used this man, this warrior, he used this man that was flawed to write this hymn about how great God is. Now, some of this is not going to be one of those things. Like, when we read it, you're going to agree with all these things. And, and, and I'm going to make a point for us, okay? As we read it, sometimes we get so accustomed to who God is that we forget how great He is. Amen. It's kind of like your house. Like, there's things that are wrong with your house, and you don't even see them anymore because they've been there for so long. You just become accustomed to them. Somebody comes in and they see. And that's the reason people, when they first come to Christ, when they first accept Jesus as Lord, they get all super excited about who God is. And we're like, man, look at that enthusiasm. I wish I could have it. We've just been in his presence so much in this world that we've become too accustomed to hearing about how great he is. And sometimes we need to refocus. So look at what David says here in Psalm 145. We're going to take a little bit at a time, then we're going to come back and do the whole thing. I will honor you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you. I will praise your name forever and ever. Lord, you are great. You are really worthy of praise. No one can completely understand how great you are. It sounds like he's repeating himself a little bit, huh? I want you to remember when you first fell in love. Y'all remember the, maybe your first love or the, the person that you're with, you're in love, and you don't know what to say, and, and you're, you're repeating yourself all the time, and, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you. You remember those conversations? You remember when you'd be on the phone with a person? This was way back in the day when we had the cords. Y'all remember the cords? Y'all would stretch them into the hallway because you had a 15-foot cord. Yeah. Y'all know anything about that, kids. Y'all don't know. We used to, it was just, and people would listen in on your conversation, okay? Yep. Some of you, some of you had a little short cord, and you're, so your parents could hear you in the living room, right? Look, the young kids, they don't, know, they don't know what it is to pick up the phone and call in the daddy answer. 
And you may I speak with? And they're like, who is this? <laughs> uh, Scott. <laughs> yeah. uh, y'all don't know what that's all about. I mean, it adds a whole new pressure. A whole new pressure. Okay? So, so anyway, you have... Um, but there you are, you're on the phone, and, and you have that cord stretched out, and you're talking, and, and then you just start repeating yourself like, all right, all right, you hang up. No, 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 you hang up. No, no, you hang up. No, I, no I'm not. All right, on three, we're all we're both going to hang up. One, two, three. You didn't hang up. Yeah, you remember all that? And we're just being repetitive. We're kind of being silly because we don't know what else to say, but we have all these feelings and emotions in us. And here's what David's doing. He's saying, I honor you, my king. I will praise you forever and ever. I will praise you forever and ever. Um, and, and, and so he's repeating himself, really. Uh, this is a psalm, but at the same time, he's like, I want you to understand how much you are worthy of praise. That I know that you're worthy of praise. He says, the Lord is king of kings. We talked about this, that... My God is king. He put him in his rightful place. He understood that, that Jesus, our, our God here, okay, he didn't understand who Jesus was yet. He knew there was one that was coming, okay? He knew the Messiah was coming. He didn't know the name, but we do now. But he says, I honor you. You're king. He put God in his rightful place. He put God in his rightful place so that nothing was above God, that God was in the rightful place. And sometimes, guys, we get it all messed up because we live in a world that is so full of distractions that we remove God from his throne and we'll put other things. And then he goes further. He says, because you are king of kings, he says, I will never have a reason to stop praising you. So there it is, there, we, there will never be a reason to stop praising our Lord. Amen. Ever. Like, like, every time we think we completely understand him, we can't because it says no one can completely understand how great you are. Here, somebody told me this one time and it, it kind of blew my mind. And if you think about it too long, it's going to, uh, it, you know, don't get distracted. But when we get to heaven, we're never going to stop learning something new about God because he's so great. We'll have eternity to learn about who he is and we will never never stop learning about him. We will always be learning new things about God. That, that right there should just blow your mind just a little bit. I mean, we will get to know him We'll get to understand him more and more, but we will never completely understand him. And the more that we understand who he is, the more we will want to praise his name. Now, let's just stop and talk about praise for a minute. What is praise? Just think just for a moment, okay, in your mind. If you had to define praise, don't answer out loud. If you had to define it, what would you say? What would it be? And for us, some of us would get real technical with it, but just if you're trying to explain it to a four-year-old, what would you say praise is? And really what it comes back to is this. Our praise, especially from our mouth, 
is just talking about how good God is. A four-year-old can understand that. Talking about our praise from our mouth is talking about how good God is. Our praise with our life is acting out how good God is. You get it? That's easy, okay? So let's talk about praise. What do we praise? I would say that if we're looking about looking to who is God of our life, who are we talking about most? For some of us, some of us talk about ourselves more than we talk about anything else. Our praise is centered around who we are and what we've done. Because we never stop talking about who I am, what I've done, where I've gone, what I know. Like, like uh, we get to that place where we even steal the joy from new believers. In, in this way, and I would encourage some of us to, to really take a step back. And as we're doing Bible study, you don't have to know everything. Watch this. Watch how this works, okay? Let's say a kid so excited about learning to read the Bible and 12 years old. And as an adult, we want to be smarter than a 12-year-old, right? Yes? I don't know how they are in fifth grade. You remember that? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Most of us discovered we're not. All right, but 12-year-old comes to you. They're just reading the Bible, and they're trying to, and they come up to you and say, Did you know? That David went on the battlefield. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know all about that. I've been reading about that all my life. Oh, yeah, he went out there and he did this and you're talking. And the kid's like, and he walks away a little bit defeated because he thought he discovered this major truth. Watch this. If you could just take a step back and be humble and say, tell me about it. What happened? And then they take, oh, my goodness, really? He did what? With a rock. And then that 12-year-old walks around going, man, I told my Sunday school. I told, I'm going to read something else. Tell my Sunday school. And we don't have Sunday school. But I'll tell my Sunday school teacher something. I'll tell my preacher something new. But we're so worried about who we are that we can't. We, we don't just praise ourselves. We stifle the praise of other people because we're so concerned about who we are and how smart we are. It's like a Pharisee. That's what Pharisees would do. And sometimes. All right, parents, grandparents, our kids and our grandchildren are our gods because that's what we talk about. That's what we praise. We never stop talking about how great our children and our grandchildren are. And rarely do we talk about how good our God is. Really, for a lot of us, God has become the side chick. You know what the side chick is? Like when you're main, and I like don't call girls chicks, but I'm just using language. I get it. So when you're, when the person that you're talking to and you're dating or you're married to, you're with them. But if you don't have, like, if they're not around and you're free and you're bored, now you go to your side chick. It's kind of what God's become for us, that we talk about how great our, uh, we are, how great our kids are, our grandkids. We're talking about how great our job is. We're talking about all these things. And then when we don't have anything else to talk about, 
then we'll talk a little bit about how good God is. Our praise, our conversations are not centered around God. Now, I'm not saying being oversaved. You know, Michael Jr. talks about this. He's a comedian. Great. You know, oversaved people, they get on your nerves. You ever heard Michael Jr.? He says they're oversaved people. If you don't know who they are, you probably are one. He gives some examples. Like, you can't even buy a dirt devil vacuum cleaner because it has devil in the name. Or, you know, you're looking for, my favorite is, I'm looking, you're like, I need my keys. I can't find my car keys. And the guy goes, what you need is the keys to the kingdom. He's, I drove a Prius. Anyway, so, uh, it's, it's a, not that, but that we, the center of our life, and people understand, and we are known for declaring the greatness of God forever and ever, never completely understanding how great He is because He is that great. Like We can't stop talking about Him. The things that we talk about, we love. If Here's what I would say. If we're not talking about who God is, who Jesus is, we need to fall deeper in love with our Savior. We need to fall deeper in love with our Savior. Now, in verse 4, it continues with this, and, 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 and he, he starts with parents. He says in verse 4, parents praise, or parents praise your works to their children. They, they uh, tell about your mighty acts. They speak about your glorious majesty. I will spend time thinking about your wonderful deeds. They speak about the powerful and wonderful things you do. You hear this? Speak, talk. I will talk about the great things you have done. They celebrate your great goodness. They sing for joy about your holy acts. Praise again. I speak. I will tell. I will celebrate. I will think about. But I will tell. I will tell. I will speak. It's this idea of speaking, of telling, of talking about how great God is. And His greatness is worthy to be told. His greatness is worthy to be told. Could it be that we so misunderstand or have such a small idea of who God is that we don't talk about Him because we don't understand His worth? Like, we, we don't know him well enough to talk about him. And so our praise is limited because of our knowledge. I like to get in conversations with people sometimes about things. And there's sometimes people are talking about things I don't know anything about, okay? I had uh, yesterday, uh, uh, last night, one of my uh, cousins called. He lives on the coast. He's talking about fishing. And, um, and so I thought I would talk a little bit about fishing. I didn't know anything about fishing because he lives there. He started talking about all kinds of stuff. I had no idea, and I'm just like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. I didn't know anything. I, was, I just thought I knew, right? I need to spend some time learning. I need to spend some time experiencing. I needed to spend some time uh, learning about that subject. Sometimes, you know, you, you want to, and I've seen it, you know, we think we're pros, we think we understand something, and then we start talking about it, and somebody else that comes in, and they really know. And we get quiet. 
Could it be that we don't praise our Lord with our voices, with the things that we talk about because we haven't experienced Him working in our life because we've neglected Him? Or we've neglected the Word of God. We don't understand His greatness. Because if we understand His worth, if we understand who He is, this is where we get His greatness it's not that we have to, but his greatness must be told. We celebrate things we love. We praise things we love. Okay, y'all know I love to eat? Yes? If I went to a restaurant, a new restaurant, and I bought something and I loved it, you're going to hear about it, aren't you? I'm going to tell you where to go. I'm going to tell you what I had. I'm going to tell you about the waiter or waitress. I'm going to tell you if their sweet tea was too sweet, not sweet enough. Because sometimes it's too sweet, you know. Syrup, that's not. Sometimes it's not sweet enough and they tell you add sugar. But once you put ice in it, you can't add sugar. Y'all with me? You can't do it. It just sinks to the bottom. It just thinks you can't do that. And so you got to do that. And so I'm going to tell you about the salad. If the salad was just lettuce. But I could tell you if it had all the good stuff that we really like. Like not the fake bacon bits that will break your teeth. But the real ones. The real ones. Some of y'all are cheap and buying those. That quit. If we quit buying them, they quit making them. Okay. We'll get the real. And then you don't have to worry about going to that restaurant. They don't even taste like bacon anyway. And so you get that and get all that. I'm telling you all about it because we celebrate the things and we talk about the things that we've experienced and love. And his greatness is worthy to be told. And his greatness must be told because as we see his worth, we can't stop talking about it. It's like Jeremiah said. Jeremiah got tired of declaring the greatness of God, the message of God. He got tired of it because nobody was listening to him. He said, I just shut up. He said, I tried not to talk about it. But when I tried not to talk about it, it became a fire in my bones. And I had to tell about who he is. Some of us, we're in a place in our life that we... We won't talk about who God is. We won't talk about what he's done in our life. We won't talk about the greatness. And it doesn't affect us at all. If it doesn't affect us, we must fall in love with our creator. We must fall in love with our savior. Then he goes further in verse 8. It says, the Lord is gracious, kind, and tender. He is slow to get angry and full of love. Lord is good to all. He shows deep concern for everything he has made. Lord, all your works praise you. Your faithful people praise you. They tell about your glorious kingdom. They speak about your power. Then all the people will know the mighty things you have done. They will know about the glorious majesty of your kingdom. Your, your kingdom is a kingdom that will last forever. Your rule will continue for all time to come. The Lord will keep all his promises. He is faithful in everything he does. So now, he says, not only will people praise you, and not only are you worthy, but here are some, not all, but some, because if we started to list all the reasons that God is great, we could never do anything else. 
Like, like we, would, we would die declaring the greatness of God. The more we learn, there's, so, so sometimes as we sing certain songs, we'll, we'll focus on certain attributes and certain characteristics and actions of God because if we spent all of our life, or we could spend all of our life declaring the goodness of God and never run out of things to say. Here's some of the things he said. One, the Lord is kind. He's gracious, kind, and tender. Isn't it good to know that we have a God that is kind? And I love the word tender. Because we don't deserve these. We don't deserve this. And you know David in his life, as you look over his life, you know he, he's going through and thinking about, my God is kind and tender. Almost like um, with a child. When you have to correct a child, even when you have to be harsh and correct a child, you still do the correction in a kind and tender way. And some of you are like, that's not my experience. It really is because whoever was disciplining you, even if it was with a belt, they did not use their full wrath. Hopefully, if they did, that is wrong. But the ones who disciplined in love did not use their full wrath. And so God did not use full wrath even when he corrects. He's kind and he's tender. The Lord is loving. Man, if you, if you use a word, a lot of times we see this word love and and, and it describes God so well that we just say that God is love. And it's true. God is loving. And love is an action. It's not, just, it's not a feeling. A lot of times we think that love is a feeling. Okay? Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Long after, if you get married, long after the feeling is gone... Like the butterflies, and sometimes you still get those, but it's not like all the time, okay? You know, maybe you're married to Ricky. I mean, it'd be all the time, right, Steph? Just all the time. But other than that, it's just not. Some of you are like, man. But love is an action. And so you, love, you show love, graciousness, kindness, tenderness, even when that feeling's not there. And watch this. Even when the other person doesn't deserve it. That's love. That's what God did for us. He loved us in spite of who we are and what we did. How we rebelled against him. He still loved us. He was still acting on our behalf. He was still acting to save us. He was still acting to restore us. And when he did... He was acting to make us more like him. The Lord is concerned. Man, I feel sorry for people who, who have an idea of, of a God who's not concerned with who they are. God, listen to what I'm telling you. God is very much concerned with what you're going through today. Like, like whatever it is that is happening in your life, he is very concerned. If nobody else is concerned, if it is a, if it is a burden on your heart, he is concerned. Amen. Shows concern for everything 
he has made. And, 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 and this idea of being concerned, he, he's so much above us. All I can compare it to is ants. I hate ants. I hate fire ants. Anybody hate fire ants? Yeah, I got in a bed of fire ants yesterday. I was doing a little bit of weeding, and I got in some fire ants yesterday, and I hate fire ants. Do you know they actually sting? I didn't know that. They bite, and then they, their tail goes, bam, and stings you, um, and that's really what, what hurts you. And Anyway, so that's why they look curled up on you, but I don't know why I told you that. Just needless fact, okay? Okay? And everybody does the ant dance. Right? When you was a kid, you got in them real bad. What'd they do? Strip you down naked and go to the water hose. You remember that? Yeah? Uh, nobody else had that experience? Yeah? You had that one? I mean, they just, man, that was the answer to a lot of stuff back in the day. Water hose. Anyway, um, you walk, you knock on the door because they put you outside. I'm thirsty. The water hose out there. No water hose. I still like the taste of a water hose because I grew up with it. Yeah? Um, Anyway, so I, I don't like those fire ants, and I'm not concerned with fire ants. I hate fire ants, and when I walk by, by a, a, a ant bed, I don't go, I wonder what they're doing today. I wonder if, like, they have enough. I wonder if they'll make it through winter. I, I wonder if, like, this little ant right here, I wonder if that little ant... Like, is ever going to find anybody? He looks so lonely. Never. And God is so much greater than we are. And it's a poor example, but it's the best I come up with. It's like me being concerned about every ant in that ant bed. Our God is concerned about every one of us. Like, Like, he doesn't need us to complete him. He doesn't need us to make him happy. He is fully complete within himself. He doesn't need us to make him glorious because he is glorious. But he is concerned with us, the ants. And today, anything that you're going through, how small, how big, he's concerned because our Lord is faithful. It tells us in this being concerned is because he is so faithful. And he goes back to say, our Lord, he's loving, he's kind, he's concerned, he's faithful, he's tender, he's gracious, and he's still king. He's still king. If I was king, I mean, I wouldn't be, I mean, I'd be concerned a little bit about the people, you know, my serfs, the ones, but man, I was, I'd probably make a terrible king. I'd make all kinds of crazy rules, but um, but I'd be concerned about what I was going to eat that afternoon. Yeah, I was going to eat like a king. We're good. I'm going to eat like a king. I'd be worried about if I had enough firewood to keep my castle warm. I wouldn't worry if Jim had to go cut down a bunch of trees for me. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about it. Jackie said, you better be concerned. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. All right, so I wouldn't be. 
I'd be, I want my, like in the morning, I'd want some fresh bread and butter. I wouldn't be concerned about who grew it or who, none of those things, because I'm king. I'm above all those things. But our king's not that way. His attitude is not that way. Our king says, you are my people. You are my children. And our king, I want you to picture this. Part of the reason that he's worthy to be praised, our king steps down out of heaven and lives among us. And he tells his disciples this. I did not come to be served, but I come to serve. Now, if I'm king also, and if I go out in public, you know what? I'm going to have some bodyguards with me. And my bodyguards, I'll tell you what I expect of them. If somebody takes a shot at me, I expect them to jump in front of that shot. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what our security team, that's what y'all are for, to jump in front. So if you join the security team, you're volunteering to jump in front of me. Not really. Okay. But I would expect them to jump in front of the bullet, sword, whatever, spear. Unless King Saul's throwing it and he'd miss. That's from Tuesday night. All right, so uh, I would expect them to do that. But Jesus says, I will jump in front of the bullet for you. So I will die so that you do not have to. And then finally, i got to get going. The Lord takes good care of all those who fall. He lifts up those who feel helpless. Every living thing looks to you for food. You give them exactly what they need. You open your hand and satisfy the needs of every living creature. The Lord is right in everything He does. He is faithful in everything He does. The Lord is ready to help all those who call out to Him. He helps those who really mean it when they call out to Him. He satisfies the needs of those who have respect for Him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all those who, li- who love Him. But He will destroy all sinful people. Really, this idea right here we see really could be summed up in this. The Lord is not just our king, but he's also a good father. All these things. He hears the cries of the people. He hears the cries of his children. He's a good father. The Lord is a help to those who call. And you see this over and over in Scripture where you have the children that are slaves in Egypt. It says, I heard the cry of my people. You hear this, I heard the cry of my people. And so, so here is a God, a king, a father who hears the cries of his children and he comes to save them, to rescue them. And so if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a child of God, he hears your, your prayers, those cries for help. He doesn't ignore those. He hears those and he goes further and he says not only does he hear, but he's also a Lord that satisfies. We've been talking about this over and over and over the last few weeks that he is a Lord that satisfies. He's a God that satisfies. 
here talks about he brings, he satisfies the needs of those who respect him. He satisfies the need of every living creature. That things that are in the wild, they have things to eat because our God is a good king and not just provides for us, but provides for all the things that he created. But he also satisfies us completely. And too many of us are looking to other things to satisfy when God says, I'm the satisfaction that you're looking for. That you don't have to go from one relationship to the other. Just come to me. I'm the relationship that you're looking for. I'm the one that will bring satisfaction. That you don't have to find satisfaction or seek satisfaction in your possessions where they will just let you down. Where they'll just break down. Where they'll just tear up. Where they will rot. If you come to me, I will bring you satisfaction that no possession could ever bring you. And finally, in 21, David says, I will praise the Lord with my mouth. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Because of all these things that we've talked about, because of how good God is, therefore, I will praise the Lord. Therefore, We should praise the Lord. He's a good king. He's a good father. He brings so much to uh, us. He provides everything. Therefore, I will praise the Lord. And really, if the Lord never did anything for me, ever, if he wasn't concerned about me, he is still a magnificent God. And I would still, therefore, because he is God, he would deserve my praise. But because of his grace and his mercy, it causes me to want to praise him even more. And then, therefore, I will never stop. Therefore, we can never Stop over and over. David ends it. Let every creature his holy name forever and ever. Let him praise it. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. He started off, I will praise the name forever and ever. I will praise your name forever and ever. He just goes on and on talking about this praise can never stop. So as we come to the place where we're going to have a chance to do this, worship our God with our mouth. We're going to sing, and the altar is going to be open, and dear, in any parts of the song, if you want to just come and pray, you can come and pray. If you see somebody up here praying, and you want to come around them and pray, and put your hands on them and pray, you can do that. We're going to declare the goodness of God. So that means somebody in here may be at that place. Like, like your life is falling apart. It's like blowing up. You don't see an end in it. Like you, you see nothing but destruction. In that destru- God is still good. And he will make himself known because he hears the cries of his people. Some of you may be at that place where you're reflecting back. And you're thinking about all the good things that God's given you. Like you're, you have a marriage that is incredibly 
great. It's good. You're together. That's a gift from God. Amen. Because in our own strength, we tear it up. Right. You have kids that, that are seeking after Christ. It's not because of what we've done. All we do is mess them up. It's the hand of God that's on them that, that causes them to be. You were running for God from God for such a long time. And God's brought you to a place where you're seeking after Him. That's what He does. He's a God that pursues because He's a God that is kind and tender. Man, why would we not worship a God like this? If we could just see and understand anything about Him, it would cause our bones to catch on fire and our heart to leap inside of us. And we couldn't stop talking about how good he is. Because we've been saying for a long time, all good things come from the creator. And we don't deserve the first one. Let's stand up. Lord, Father, I pray that during this time as we sing, as we worship you with our mouth, God, that you would be lifted high. You are our king. You are our Father. God, you are concerned for us. You're gracious and you're kind and you're tender. You're forgiving. You're faithful. God, in my life, you're a friend. And in my life, you're the one who saved me and rescued me from the desires of my heart. You set my feet on solid rock. You gave me a future where I had no future. A purpose where I had no purpose. Future God, I will praise your name forever and ever and ever and ever. Because I know who I am. And I know you love me in spite of that. You respond in song and in worship to our Father, to our King, to our Jesus, to the Holy Spirit that is in us.